Hello and welcome to the XL Books Podcast. It's your favorite host, Molly. And today is Thanksgiving. OMG. Um, I know you know about my podcast, but if you don't know about my podcast, um, we like to talk about work, family, and life. I am a entrepreneur, a happy mom, and I work a nine to five, and I just love blessing people in their business. And so I started my company literally just to help people get a leg up. Um, I learn as I go. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes, but I've been doing this for 14 years and I get better and better and better every year. So I wanted to do an episode for you today. I thought about it. I was like, ah, do you really want one on Thanksgiving? I'm like, of course you do. Of course you do. You know why? I'm going to tell you why. Because you're standing in front of your stove. You're slaving away, cooking everything under the sun. You're tired. You're bored. You don't know what to watch. It's not like, you know, there's a a zillion and one Thanksgiving movies for you to to put on, you know, on your TV. Um, So you're like, what am I going to do? You're going to listen to Molly. That's what you're going to do. So I want to talk to you about thankfulness and holiday balance. And if you've heard me before, you know I'm a big fan of balance. I've, I think I've done at least two episodes on balance. And I want to talk about this because this comes up every year. People struggle with this. And I think it's important. I think that, I think that people just need to know that it's okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to start off with that. So it's Thanksgiving holiday season. This is the time of year where you're going to see everybody. The people you haven't even talked to for 11 months of the year, all of a sudden they're expecting you to come over. They're expecting you to spend hours and hours at their house. They want you to eat everything in sight. Um, You know, and a lot of times we do this stuff just out of tradition, out of habit, um, or worse, just out of obligation. And what I'm going to tell you is probably not a popular opinion. Um, But you guys know me. I like to challenge the status quo. Um, But what I'm going to share with you is what I think is a necessary thing to be said. So let's first talk about food, right? Now, you guys know my health challenges, so you know I have to eat like the most delicate things under the sun, right? It's got to be sun-kissed by heaven and, you know, the purest of pure of pure, you know, (laughs) so that I don't die. Um, But aside from that, the holidays is a time where it's very tempting to eat everything that you see. And... I, I personally believe on the holidays, you should eat. You should eat. If you see food, eat it. Um, eat. Be full. Be merry. Be happy. There's not many times that we have in our year, in our life, that we get to do something literally just for the sake of fellowship. Um, Thanksgiving is such a beautiful holiday. But I also want to say this with caution. If you know you know you have a health challenge. And what do I mean by health challenge? I'm talking about the person that knows good and well that they cannot eat that sweet potato pie. You know who I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking about. I'm talking to you. The person that you're like, you're diabetic. You are um, 
you're having so many health problems that you were literally in the hospital not too long ago because of not eating correctly. What am I going to say to you? Be wise. Be wise with your eating. I know you're like, Molly, don't, don't, don't shame me on the holiday. I'm not shaming. I'm not shaming. And, and to make you feel better, um, I am guilty of this. You guys know me. I don't, I don't give you, uh, tidbits on things that I have not either suffered through myself or I'm not still suffering through. I have done that before where I knew good and well, I can't have gluten. I know I can't eat gluten. And then I would go for the holiday and because it was the holiday and because it was family and because it was tradition and because I was so happy and having a good time, I ate the gluten because I was hungry. It was there. And I thought it'll be okay. It's one day. Then for the next four to five days, I'm physically miserable because I ate something that I deliberately know my body cannot handle. Now, do I regret eating it? The next day I did. (laughs) The day I was eating it? Oh no, I loved it. I was like, oh, this is the best macaroni and cheese ever. But as I'm having inflammation going like crazy and my stomach in knots and, you know, sick as a dog and nothing helps me. And the doctors are like, why did you eat the gluten? I'm like, because it was the holiday. You know, I mean, I learned my lesson right? Um, be wise. I'm not saying that you can't have, you know, everything, you know, something that's in front of you, but I'll say this, start small. If you're the kind of person that you know good and well, you can't resist. You're like, I see this uh, pie that my mama makes and I don't care if I'm diabetic, sick, hungry, whatever, I'm gonna eat it. If you're that kind of person, okay, eat it, but have a smaller portion. Start with baby steps, right? Because holidays come once a year. It takes training to learn how to do this. Start with a smaller thing. I have done this before where if I'm like that tempted, I'm like, man, that cake looks so good. I know I can't eat cake unless it's a gluten-free cake, but that cake looks so good. I do one of two things. If I have to have some, I'll literally have like two tablespoons full. That way I feel like I'm having a double dose of the cake. I still got to eat some, didn't eat as much as everybody else. And it gave my body a fighting chance to deal with that little bit. The other thing to do, and I know you're thinking, Molly, why are you telling me this now? Because it's already the holidays, the stores are closed, but I'm telling you this because Christmas is coming and other holidays are coming. And you know, you're going to have more get togethers than this. So you'll have opportunity. If you know that you have a health challenge and you can't eat what everybody else eats, Try bringing something that you can eat as an alternative. I do this all the time. Holidays, birthday parties, people always want cake, right? Cake and ice cream. I can't have gluten, which means 99% of the cakes that they have, I can't have. That means I can't eat the pie crust. I can't have any of that. And then I'm lactose intolerant, so I can't have the dairy. So what do I do? I will buy myself or make myself some gluten-free cupcakes and some dairy-free ice cream and bring it with me. So while everybody else is indulging, I still get to indulge too. And, and I do this for two reasons. Some people, you know, think, oh, well, you're just doing this just because you want to have cake. Well, yes, I do want to have cake. Who doesn't want cake? 
But also because a lot of people on the holidays, they just feel better if you're eating too. It just makes them feel like they've um, included you because it's about fellowship, right? No one wants to see everybody at the table eating and then one person just not eating. It makes them feel uncomfortable. So you're really helping them and helping you. And by preparing ahead of time and saying, I know I can't eat what you can, what you have here. I'm going to make my own. Then you really are saving yourself. You're saving yourself the health problem. You're giving peace to your family and friends so they know that you're being fed. It's a win-win and you're not indulging into things that you know good and well are going to make you feel worse. It's a win-win. So eating, make sure that you prepare and be wise. Don't eat everything in sight. If you have to eat something, pick one thing. If you know everything that's there, you can't eat it. Pick one thing that you're like, this is the one thing I will, in, I will indulge in. And then don't eat the others. And that way you're literally, you know, making it like a food contest. Okay, which one of these is the best dish? You know, is it mac and cheese or is it grandmama stuffing? You know, pick what it is and enjoy that. Um, okay, I'm gonna get off the food topic because I can feel your, your discomfort. You're like, Molly, you're telling me not to eat. I would do no such thing. I just want you to live. And, and I'm going to say this because I know I was going to get off the food topic, but I got to say this. Your health matters. You matter. You living to see tomorrow matters. I don't want you to go into a diabetic coma just because it was a holiday, just because they always make the cake, just because no one else thought about your health concerns. I want you to live. You are important. And it's okay to say no. All right. Moving on from the food. Let's talk about visiting. And you're like, what are you talking about this visiting, Molly? What do, what do you mean? Visiting who? Why? You know what I'm talking about. Holiday comes. You got five relatives in town because everybody is there. Everybody's got a house. Your aunt, your cousin, your grandma, your brother's girlfriend who decided she wanted to cook a turkey for the first time. And everybody and their cousin wants you to come by that day. And you're thinking, okay, how, number one, how am I going to get to everybody's house all on the same day without wearing myself out and actually spend time with everybody? And then two, you're thinking, I can't eat everybody's food. I'm going to be full for like two hours and I don't want to get there and offend people. How do I do it? What do I do? It, it causes so much family stress on holidays because people try to obligate themselves into going to everyone's house and getting these things done. And I'm going to share with you how Molly would do it <laughs> and how I have done it. So I decided years ago, years ago, I said, this is exhausting. I used to do that. I used to literally, I would go to mama's house, my grandmama's house, my, my husband's mama's house, um, my husband's friend's house, um, our, our, you know, the, the, the play mama house. You know what I'm talking about? The mama that she's not your mama. She's not your blood mama. Y'all ain't even related. But because y'all families are close or you close or you met at church or whatever it is, you just got to go to that house, right? I had to go to that. So we ended up going five houses one day. I was so exhausted. I didn't enjoy the holiday. I really didn't. I was tired because everywhere I went, they wanted to fix me a plate. And I'm like, I'm tired of eating. 
I've had two plates already in two hours. And I got three houses to go. And you know how it is, you know, especially go to a mama's house. They're not going to fix you a little plate. They don't fix you like this overgorging plate with like five layers of food on it. And you're like, who eats this much? You know, and you're like, you don't want to turn it down because it's your mama, but you're tired. So you end up eating all of mama's food and trying to, you know, nitpick everywhere else. And you go home with a bellyache and you don't want to see turkey. You don't want to see food for the next 24 hours. I was miserable because I kept going to all these houses. So one year I did something that, you know, I had never done before. And I remember I talked with my hubby and I said, we're going to make a decision. I said, we are going to pick one house we're going to go to. All of you are local. Meet us there. If you want to see us, stop by. I'll be there all day. And that way I was able to go to the house sit down, eat whatever was there, enjoy myself, play games, fellowship, all of that, and not worry about driving around in traffic and all of this, just trying to get to your house just to say that I made it to your house. Now, was it a popular thing family-wise? No, no, it was not. Um, In the beginning, you know, everybody didn't really get it and they didn't really want to go along with it. They're like, well, I'm, I'm not trying to, I wasn't planning on going nowhere. I'm like, I know you didn't plan on going anywhere, but you planned on me driving all over town like crazy something has to give. I, I I drive around every year. This year, I'm not. And if not, it's fine. You see me all the time. You'll see me another day. It'll be okay if you don't see me on one specific day. And, you know, even though it was hard for other people to, to take on, it gave me a lot of peace. For the first time, I had a holiday that wasn't exhausting. I actually went home and wanted to eat my leftovers. Um, I actually wanted to have pie when I got home because I didn't eat five slices of pie, you know, and three plates of turkey, you know, in a four to five hour period. So just that simple word of saying, no, I'm not coming to your house this year. It really helped me. Now, I know if you're listening, you're thinking, okay, Molly, that is not the popular thing to do on a holiday. (laughs) You know, of all the things we could do, that's not one I would pick. And I'm not saying that you have to do it this year, but I'm giving you this tip because there are some of you listening and you have worn yourself out every single year and you're actually dreading today because you're like, it's 930 in the morning. I, I'm getting dressed and gosh, which house do I want to go to first? And then you're calling around trying to see, well, who's got food ready yet? And then you're like, OK, well, if they're not ready, I'll come over for two hours and then I'll go there while they're still cooking and then go somewhere else. You're trying to strategize it and you're exhausting yourself already. Today should be a day to recharge. It's to recharge your spirit man. Um, You recharge your spirit man through the fellowship. You should be recharging your body through rest. This is not a day that you should be extreme labor. Um, You should feel better after the end of today, not exhausted. All right, I'll get off that horse. All right, I also want to talk about your own family meal. And I want to touch base on two angles of this. I know you're like, Molly, you're going fast today. Yeah, I just got a lot to share with you. Um, I want to talk about preparing your holiday meal. Now, I'm going to say two things. So one, I want you to really give yourself grace on what you're preparing what do I mean by that? 
So whether you are a uh, new to making the holiday meal, not like you don't know how to cook, but maybe you're the first person, maybe this is your first time hosting this year. Maybe you're like, man, I never host for the holidays, but this year I am. And I've never felt that confident about my ability to cook turkey or whatever. If that's you, I'm talking to you. Um, Or if you're the person that you cook all the time, but maybe you've got family members that like specific dishes. And you don't normally make those dishes. Or you don't make those dishes as good as somebody else. And you're feeling insecure. I want you to know, give yourself grace. It's not a competition. I'm going to say it. I know they don't want me to say it, but I'm going to say it. It's not a competition. You are not obligated to make your macaroni and cheese like your husband's mama's macaroni and cheese. Why? Because you're not your husband's mama. You are you. You make the mac and cheese the way that you know how to make mac and cheese or the way that you've learned to make mac and cheese, but you do not have to be an exact copy of someone else. I'm going to tell you a story about that. I want you to understand why this means so much to me and why this is such a passionate thing. Many, many, many moons ago, during my first marriage, if you're like, what, first marriage? Yep, go back and listen to that episodes. You'll understand. Listen to the marriage series. You'll learn about it. Um, in my first marriage, I had a very traditional mindset. And the way I was raised is I need to learn how to cook everything the way that my husband's mama cooks it because, you know, boys like what their mama cooks. And if I want my hubby to be happy, I need to be able to cook in a way that pleases him. Now, mind you, my husband had never expressed any discomfort about anything that I cooked prior to that day, ever. He had never been like, you're a bad cook or I don't like this or not. You know, he, he never... He never frowned on stuff. He never was like, I'm not going to try it. He was always like, okay, thanks for cooking, honey. And he would eat it and go on about his business. But in my mind, I made this competition. And so every year I would go to his mama's house and watch her make this mac and cheese. And I would study it and I'm taking notes and I'd ask her what kind of cheese and what brand does she get? And, you know, what does she do first? You know, because hers always comes out nice and gooey and all that. And I'm like, what did you do? Blah, 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 blah. And I kept trying to replicate this mac and cheese. I mean, I was trying. I mean, I did everything. I was getting the exact noodles, the exact cheddar. I was doing it like she did. And no matter what I did, my mac and cheese didn't come out like that. I mean, I played with timing in the oven. I was like, this is not working. I was like, well, maybe it's too bland. I tried seasonings. I mean, he was like, it got to a point where he was like, what are you doing with mac and cheese? Like, do you know how to make mac and cheese? I'm like... I know how to make mac and cheese. You know, and I just fell apart because I was trying to be like his mom. And I finally admitted and I said, I'm trying to make it like your mom and I'm not succeeding. And he said, who told you that you needed to make it like my mom? I don't need you to cook like my mom. I need you to cook like you. As long as we eat, I don't care. That's actually what makes holidays special because that's the one time I can go and get mama's mac and cheese. If I have mama's mac and cheese every year, I'm not going to care when she makes it. So why are you stressing yourself? And that's when the epiphany hit me. I was like, I was actually cheapening her mac and cheese by trying to copy the mac and cheese. I was stressing myself over macaroni noodles. Macaroni noodles on a holiday. So I learned my lesson. I stopped trying to make it like her and I discovered my own way of making mac and cheese. 
And then couple that with all the health concerns, I said, okay, I'm going to make the best gluten-free mac and cheese I can make, and I'm going to love it. And every year I get better and better and better. And I was like, oh my gosh, to a point where everybody's eating my mac and cheese now. I'm like, but but this is my mac and cheese. It's my gluten-free mac and cheese. I don't know if you should have it. You know, <laughs> you know, you almost get greedy, right? You have to repent like, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm exercising greed, but they're eating my gluten-free mac and cheese that I spent $20 that make. Um, if you eat gluten-free, you know what I mean. Uh, $20 is like a minimum to make any kind of dish. Sweet potato pie, $20. You know why? $5 per pie crust. You know, you got to have the special, you know, no sugar, everything. It's like, oh, expensive. But I learned that. And it helped me. Um, I also, and I want to talk about this overcooking expectation too. I'm, I'm going to say this because this happens and people go in debt and then they get stressed because they have all this food. There's some kind of a stigma, some kind of a stigma that you have to cook every single thing and that it has to be from scratch. What do I mean? I'm talking about the person that says they have it's the holiday and they believe they have to have the turkey and the ham and the fish and the, uh, the green bean casserole and the potatoes and the macaroni noodles and the salad and the, you know, the, the yams and this and that and the black eyed peas. And, you know, and they just by the time you're done, there's like 25 dishes of food on the countertops. And nine times out of ten. You're going to have all 25 of those dishes still left to try to stuff in your fridge because nobody's eating all of that. Now, I can understand if you have a family of 20 or family of 30 and you're used to having an army at the house, then by all means, you need 25 dishes of food. Please get the food. You, You probably need a cow in the backyard so you can feed everybody, you know. But I'm talking about the normal sized household. I'm talking about your you know, you're a family of four. You might have a friend in their family come over, maybe grandma, maybe dad. You're talking about maybe 10, 12 people. You don't need 25 dishes of food on your counter, nor do you need to cook every single thing so that everybody has options. Um, hello, you can either, you can do this one of two ways. Number one, if you really want to include everybody's option, you can check in with them early, like two weeks early. Be like, hey, anything special that you absolutely want to have? Like, oh, man, I'm a cranberry sauce girl. Okay, we'll get cranberry sauce. Next person. And no, we're not taking this isn't McDonald's. You know, we're not taking your order for every little thing. This isn't, you know, well, I want turkey with a side of, you know, orange glaze. And then I want like mac and cheese, but it has to have this. But I only want deviled eggs if you do da 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 No, we're not doing this. It's like you can ask like one thing. And then you pick one thing and you make all that. But the easiest way is just make a basic meal. Pick one meat. One meat, maybe two sides, you know, two desserts, you know, maybe some rolls. And get some drinks. And call it a day. Especially if you're a family who does not do leftovers. And I'm saying this because there are people who engorge and cook everything they can they spend three, four hundred dollars on cooking for a holiday and they're not even going to eat all of that food. And they're thinking, well, I'm inviting all these people and the people you're inviting are not eating that much food. And you end up spending your holiday trying to force feed them. Why? Because you bought all this food and you don't have room for it in your fridge and you don't want them to, to not eat. 
Then you're trying to force to go plates on them. Like, please take this food. Because you realize the desperation after you cooked everything in sight. You don't need to cook everything in sight. You don't need to, to wear yourself out. Make it simple. Keep it easy. You know, make a turkey. Make a ham if you want. You know, get, you know, get two sides, maybe three. Uh, you know, buy some Hawaiian rolls or something and get a dessert or two. And that's it. We don't need every meat and every side. And it doesn't have to be like Food Network. My gosh, don't don't hurt yourself. Um, if you know good and well cooking is not your strength, it, don't go all out feeling like you got to be Chef Boyardee and cook everything, you know, perfectly. That's not your gift. And it's okay. Um, <laughs> I know you're like, Molly, that is harsh. I, but I mean it in love. I do. Um, oh, and let me talk about that. All right. When it comes to this, uh, this cooking thing, this, this expectation, I know you're like, Molly, you are really on food. It's important. It's just, it's important. Um, it's okay to eat a little. I know what you're saying. It's okay to eat a little. Um, and it's okay to stretch it out. And I'm talking to the person who may be short on cash this year, especially in light of uh, the pandemic and people losing jobs and things of that nature. If it is, if you're in that situation, do not feel ashamed for not cooking a huge feast. Do not feel ashamed. Do not feel embarrassed. Do not feel obligated to, you know, create a way to, to cook all that, it's okay to say, you know what, we couldn't do that this year. This year we got a pizza and that was it. One of my happiest Thanksgivings that I ever had was with my hubby, I think it was during our first marriage, and he said, I don't want you slaving away in a kitchen all day. I want to relax with you. I want to have fun with you. I want to go to the movies. I want to do stuff. He said, can we just order a pizza? I was like, heck Yeah. So where everybody else is spending two, three hundred dollars, we spent twenty bucks, ate a pizza, had enough for dinner, went to the movies, had a good old time. No extreme leftovers. Everybody else is tired of turkey and all that. We were fine. We were actually ready for turkey at Christmas because we didn't engorge ourselves, you know, in Thanksgiving. It's okay to break the tradition. It's okay to change things up to make it work for your household. I've done this with the kids before. There have been years where I didn't have enough money. I'll never forget the year that I I was, I was unemployed. I had no money. I had uh, EBT and I wasn't sure how I was going to feed them. And I really didn't have enough EBT to buy everything that I really wanted to make a Thanksgiving meal. So what did I do? I made breakfast. Yeah, I did. I made pancakes. I made like a ton of pancakes because I can get pancake mix for very cheap. Made some scrambled eggs and bacon, you know, got some blueberries or whatever to throw on it and a whole bunch of syrup. And we had breakfast for Thanksgiving. And you know what? Everybody was fine. No one yelled. No one gave me the side eye. You know, I didn't get kicked out my house because I didn't make a turkey. You know, we did what worked for us. There have been years where I couldn't afford to buy anything. So I literally, you know, I'm just going to go back to my, you know, my challenge here. And I think I talked about it in a previous episode, but um, I had a challenge here where I was unemployed for 15 months. 
and Christmas came and there was no money for any of that. They're like, what are you going to eat? Um, whatever the Dollar Tree has. And I literally went to the Dollar Tree and I found some crackers and cheese and I got some, you know, a little six pack of, uh, flavored water and, you know, whatever little things, finger foods. And I said, okay, well, instead of having a, a hot cooked meal, we will have, um, appetizers for the, the holiday. And that was all I could afford. I was Uber driving and couldn't afford to got, uh, get a whole bunch of things. You know, it just wasn't in my budget. And you know what? My kids were just as happy. No one cried. No one, no one looked at me a different way. And I'm saying this because there's somebody listening who has put themselves under a whole bunch of stress and pressure over a day. It's one day. It is not the entire year. That day does not dictate. It doesn't get to rule over the rest of your life. You know, your, your world doesn't change just because a day is coming. You know, um, you have to th- do things in balance. So I just wanted to say that in case you're listening and you're like, I don't have the money to make turkey and stuff. And, you know, I'm living in projects and this is all I got. It's okay. Whatever you got, eat that. And that's still a holiday. The holiday is not about how much money you spend. It's not about, um, how good of a cook you are. It's not even about how many people come over. It's about enjoying the people that you love and being thankful, um, and just having peace that day. I mean, that's what it's really about. It's, you know, who cares about the food? You don't have the food. I mean, you still got the family and the friends, you know, they're irreplaceable. Food is replaceable. I digress on that. So, with all of that said, what am I doing for Thanksgiving, right? And you're like, Molly, you just gave me all these tips. What are you doing? So, I am doing what I call a hybrid. What's a hybrid holiday? So, as you know, with all this uh, pandemic going on, trying to find something that gives you joy, something that you can do, something that gives you a reason to smile, you know, people are latching on to it. Because we're living in some tough times. We got ships stranded off the side of the, you know, the coast, you know, that can't get there holding food and whatever else we need. You know, we got oil spills and all things uh, going on. So anything you can do that makes you happy, you know, you want to cling to it. I decided this year that I was not going to go all out and cook a whole feast. And I said, okay, we're going to go to, you know, my husband's uh, family's house and enjoy there. But then after it got close to the day, I said, you know, I still want to cook something. Because I don't want to take home enough to go plates from everybody's house to feed us for a week. I want to have a little bit of food at home. And you know, what? it's a reason for me to get out of this bed. It's a reason to get out of this chair. It's a reason to not be depressed. Um, You know, I don't know about you, but because of this pandemic, I'm home so often. I don't do anything. Um, you know, things are opening up, you know, you can go to movies and stuff, but everybody doesn't have money to go to the movies every time you turn around. You know, everybody doesn't have money to just throw like that. Some of us are like, Hey, I got enough to get by and that is it. And I may spend on, you know, a movie once in a while, but it is not every time I, you know, I just can't afford to do that all the time. Well, I decided, I said, you know what? 
I'm going to actually cook a little something. Now, I'm not cooking, you know, the full shebang. And for me, the full shebang would mean I would have to have my family recipe of the cranberry apple stuffing. Uh, life is just great when you have that apple stuffing. Um, you know, I would have black eyed peas and, you know, some a whole bunch of other stuff. I'd probably have three different pies and, you know, just all this. But I said, for me, my basic was I said, I'm going to make a very tiny turkey, not the gigantic one, tiny little, you know, maybe a little five pound turkey, nothing huge. Um, you know, make some gluten-free mac and cheese because I know I can't eat that anywhere else. Um, gluten-free, you know, sweet potato pie. So I know that I'm not going to be sick, you know, and maybe some greens, you know, and some mashed potatoes or something. And that's, that's about it. And for me, that works. It's enough to give me a reason to get out of bed. Enough to feel like even if I'm too tired to drive to someone's house, I'll have food later. I don't have to feed my kids for the rest of the week because food will be there. And the best part about it, you know, and I know you're like, Molly, you're still on food. The other part about, you know, cooking just that little bit is, I don't know about you, I hate waiting. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there. I know you're waiting on me to say it. I'm going to go there. When it comes to holiday meals, do not make your family and friends wait till the end of the day to eat. That is blasphemy. Why? Because you've got people who have been waiting for hours intentionally not eating because they want to eat your food so that they can fellowship and be respectful and have room in their bellies to eat it. But then you're like, okay, well, dinner will be ready about two o'clock. Then turns to three o'clock. Well, the turkey's still in the oven. Why is the turkey still in the oven at three o'clock in the afternoon? I'm going to need you to cook a little bit more wisely. Um, <laughs> you have to either get up early in the morning and cook it or better cook it the day before. I am a huge fan of by 12 o'clock I'm eating, regardless of whatever you're doing with your party, whatever, of, regardless of what you're ordering, regardless of whether I'm coming to your house, I'm going to eat something at 12 o'clock. Why? Because that's the normal time that I eat food and I can't let my body go too long without food anyway because I get through other health issues. So I'm not waiting for your full feast before I eat. So one of two things need to happen. Either A, if you know that you just cannot cook sooner than, you know, 12 o'clock. If you are one of those late morning people and you don't start getting in the kitchen until 12 o'clock, then you need to have what I call appetizers waiting and ready. The appetizers are the feed me while I watch you cook the grand meal uh, things. You need to get some fruit, some crackers and dip chip something and have it laid out and waiting so you can spend four hours cooking in the background and then it becomes Thanksgiving dinner and not Thanksgiving lunch. Um, I'll also say it's okay to have a, 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 what I call, what do I call it? A cheap meal for lunch instead of Thanksgiving dinner. So if you know your family is not going to have food till five o'clock tonight and you already hungry and it's, it's nine in the morning, you hungry. Get you whatever you want to eat for lunch. Get a burger. Get a pizza. Make a sandwich. It's okay to eat a full meal and then come back and eat the Thanksgiving dinner for dinner. It's okay. I do it all the time. Why? Because I'm not waiting. I need to eat. I need to eat like yesterday. 
So <laughs> I, you know, and I'll also say my last little tip on the food. I cannot get off of this today. You know, one thing that's helped me is prepping for easy breakfasts. What I like to do is I will actually get things that don't require cooking for breakfast and lunch. So I will intentionally get the microwave pancakes for the kids, the microwave bacon, um, you know, so that all I have to do is throw it on a paper plate and I'm done. Um, you know, I will get, you know, the, um, you know, the little um, wrapped up uh, prosciuttos, you know, the prosciutto and, and, and cheese or the pepperoni and, and mozzarella sticks and, you know, have them ready so that we can finger food all day. Because I'm really not trying to labor. When I get up on Thanksgiving, I want to sleep. I want to take my time. I want to be lazy. I want to debate whether or not I feel like getting dressed yet. You know, I want to do all that. But if I got to get up at six in the morning and cook for six hours and then be like, all right, you know, I don't want to do that. It ruins all day. Okay. One more thing. I wasn't going to go there, but you need to hear it. You need to hear it. Clean as you go. Clean as you go. Why do I say that? You And I'm sure you've experienced this somewhere where you've gone to somebody's house They've got the Thanksgiving meal prepared. They've got all the food. They got the turkey and the ham and all the sides and it's smelling good. You can smell it before you even get to the door. And you go in to get the food. And all around is all the dirty dishes. Because they've literally destroyed the kitchen. They've used every pot and pan in the house. Every spoon is dirty. You, you you almost have to avoid looking at all the dirty dishes just to get the food because mama said nobody in my kitchen while I'm in there. All right, I'm 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 a challenger here. I know mamas are not gonna like me on this. I love you, mamas. I think it's okay to have somebody in the kitchen if they're helping to clean up while you're cooking. Cause if you're that person who cooks and you got a dirty pan over here, dirty pot over here, and you're constantly moving dirty dishes so you can cook something else, that person could be cleaning while you're cooking. So that when you're done, you don't have to clean a whole kitchen. Nobody wants to clean when it's time to eat. Everybody wants to just eat and go to bed. Why? Because you had your food comatose. And the only thing you want to think about is you and the pillow. So if you don't want to be cleaning all night and nobody wants to do it, no one wants to do it. Your hubby doesn't want to stand up cleaning your kitchen all day. Your kids don't want to do it all day. You definitely don't after standing for six hours cooking. Plan ahead. Be wise with it. I have a big habit of cleaning as I go. So I cook a dish and before I start the next uh, dish to cook, I will clean that up. I'm like, okay, let's clean up that pot. Let's clean up that, that spatula. Let's clean those, get them out the way so my counters are clear. And does it take a little bit of time? Yeah, but I'm going to take that time afterwards anyway. So that when I'm done and I say food is ready, food is ready. All we need is a paper plate. There's nothing to clean. I might need to wipe a counter if there's a spill or something, but I don't have to clean a whole sink. I don't have to clear a stove. I don't have to feel like, oh, you know, excuse my kitchen. You know, no, I don't have to feel like that because I cleaned as I cooked. Um, Use your family. Let them clean while you do stuff. They should be taking out the trash while you're cooking. They should be washing them pots while you're cooking. They should be drying and putting dishes away. It should be like an assembly line in that kitchen so that you could have peace and enjoy it.
yeah, I just had to go there. It needed to be said. It needed to be said. Um, I'm going to end this episode by just a few things that I'm thankful for um, and to give you an idea of a thankful tradition. Um, I know that not everybody has the luxury of spending Thanksgiving with their family today. Some of you have families that are deployed. Um, some of you have family members that you haven't spoken to in years. Um, some of you have uh, family members that have uh, gone on and it's just not the same for you. I want you to know that you're not alone. I am praying for your peace and comfort. Um, it's okay to be real with your emotions today. Whatever you feel, give yourself permission to feel that. And it's okay if you can't have the holiday that you want. Just make it, you know, the best holiday that you can make it. I've had many holidays where I've spent it without, um, you know, just to kind of go there a little bit. You know, I have a bunch of sisters, a bunch of sisters and two brothers. And I don't get the luxury of talking to any of my sisters, you know, due to, you know, misunderstandings and whatever else you want to call it. And I haven't had a holiday with them probably since my teen years. And I learned to make peace with where I am at the moment. I've learned to live in the now instead of, you know, dwelling on, you know, well, it's not the same. They're not there. Okay, well, I can't control anybody but me. So how do I make this holiday work for me? And so this is something that I did. If you're in that moment where you're like, well, my family member's deployed or um, my family member's no longer with us or my family member won't talk to me. How do I deal with thankfulness? How can I get myself somewhat in a mentality of being grateful today? You can try this. This is something I did years ago when I was going through the divorce and all of that. I got an old jar, you know, one of those little old uh, jars you use for pickles or whatever. And I got myself um, an index card and I started writing things that I was thankful for. I started writing prayers for the people that I really wished were there. You know, so I wrote prayers like, you know, I thank God for my sister. I pray that she's having peace, having the time of her life. I pray that her family's blessed and that she's healthy and never has to deal with a single sickness ever. You know, I pray that she never lacks any good thing. Um, you know, I pray comfort and all that stuff. I wrote it on the index card, put it in the jar. All the things I wanted to say. Um, you know, John Mayer has a song, you know, say what you need to say. Um, I said what I needed to say on that index card. And I put it in that jar. And I sat that jar in the middle of my table. And I looked at it and said, these are, I'm thankful for all those things. These are the people I'm grateful for. God, I pray for all those people. Now give me comfort, Lord, to enjoy the rest of my day. Give me the strength to enjoy my day. It's not easy. Everybody can't do it. Um, at the same time, you know, you may start off baby steps. You may get the jar, get the card, start writing two words and, and break down. It's okay. Break down, compose yourself, keep going. The key is to keep going. No one says that it has to be perfect while you're going. You just have to keep going. So do what you got to do. Say what you need to say. If your peace 
is making one last attempt to reach that family member by giving them a phone call, then give them a phone call. If your piece is, uh, you know, going to a place that your family member would love if they were here, that's a great way to honor them and be thankful that day. You know, if you know they like escape rooms, go to the escape room. You know, if they know they like beaches, then go to the beach. You know, pick somewhere, you know, that they enjoy and go there and let that be a way of spending the holiday with them, even though they're not physically there. And always comfort yourself with the fact of knowing that this too shall pass. No suffering endures forever. There's an expiration date on everything. Um, there's an expiration date on, on food and fellowship and life and hair and, and tacos. You know, everything has an expiration date. So encourage yourself with that. I did that for years. It was not easy. But over time, I learned to have peace. So now when the holiday comes around and I don't have my sisters, I don't have, you know, maybe my mom or whoever else around me, I can enjoy that holiday with peace because I know I've done everything that I can. I've honored them. I've prayed for them. And I've found a way to be content in all things. I am thankful for all of you. I am thankful for my family my amazing kids, my awesome husband, um, for all of my husband's family who has welcomed me with open arms. Um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for so many things. I'm grateful just to be breathing today because today is a gift, regardless of what we're going through, regardless of our financial situation or whatever. Today is a gift. And the fact that you're here means God's not done with you. So I challenge you to find something about today to be thankful for. Recharge, relax, and enjoy. Happy Thanksgiving.